Attention, all troops. He's alive. Alive. Welcome to the Retroist. During my life, I've played a lot of arcade games. During the 80s, it was probably where the majority of my money went. Other kids like to save their money for toys, some for a bicycle maybe. Me, I was focused on getting quarters. Quarters, quarters, quarters. Some games I was good at, and I would pump a lot of money into them to get better. Some games I was bad at, and I would spend even more money on those games trying to get better. One game I have been bad at my entire life is Tempest. I don't know what it is about the game, I just can't wrap my brain around it. And yet, like a moth to a flame, when I see Tempest in an arcade, I am drawn to it. I love the colors, I love the styling, I love watching people play the game, but I take a quarter and I put it in that game and I might as well just walk away. This was the weird thing about when arcades dominated the video game industry. It was pay to play where a quarter equals a chance, and a narrow time frame exists for you to get better at this game to make your quarter on the next game more valuable. You would think that this would cause rational behavior, where one would choose video games that would maximize their quarters, but there was novelty, there was newness, and then there was just attraction. Tempest is one of those games that pulled me toward it, and yet, despite my best efforts, continued to take my money. Now we all have games like that, games we spend our hard-earned money on. But when you buy a home console and you get a game, you know pretty quickly if you're not good at it. You could maybe return it. You could at least practice an unreasonable amount of time trying to get your money's worth out of it. But when it's per quarter and you have a moment to reflect on whether this is a good idea, you know just how irrational you are as you slide that quarter back into the game to play another one that you know is not going to last very long and that might trigger the ridicule of your friends who are watching you play game after game terribly. On today's show, I'd like to talk to you about an arcade game that has never been my friend, despite my many attempts to make it that, Tempest. We'll talk about the company and the person who made the game, we'll talk a little bit about the technology, the gameplay, and we'll throw in a few surprises here and there. We have an info-packed episode ahead of us, so without further ado, let's start the show. Tempest is an arcade game released by Atari in 1981. It was designed and programmed by David Therer. If that name sounds familiar, maybe you've listened to my episode on Missile Command. David Therer also created that legendary game. We'll talk a little bit about Therer later. The game is unusual in that instead of going horizontally or vertically, you're really playing on depth. This is 
a game that takes place on a 3D world where you're looking down a pipe, which was a brilliant idea. But where did it come from? It came from Therer's very unique way of coming up with video games. When he created Missile Command, it was based on these sort of nightmares of nuclear war. Tempest started at Atari as a 3D version of Space Invaders that wasn't going anywhere. And when Therer stepped in, he had this idea. When he was a kid, he had seen a movie about monsters coming out of a hole from the center of the Earth and attacking people. That image stuck with him. According to Therer, That movie haunted me over the years. When I was pondering what to do with my first-person Space Invaders prototype, the thought struck me that I could simply take the 3D plane with its vanishing point, wrap it in a cylinder, and have the monsters come up and out of the cylinder, much like the monsters in that old movie. Once he had taken the initial prototype of Space Invaders and converted it to his new idea, internally, people thought it was amazing. Thurr not only created Missile Command and Tempest, he would also work on the first commercial video game that used 3D-filled polygonal graphics, the video game iRobot, also for Atari. The last game that he would work on as a programmer at Atari was another game that some of you might know, a game called APB, which came out in 1987. After that, he would leave Atari to go work at Debabilizer, which was an image editor, optimizer, and file converter for Mac and Windows. As I mentioned, Ferrer worked at Atari, which was an iconic and seminal video game developer and computer company that was started in 1972 by Nolan Bushnell and Ted Dabney. It is the company responsible for video games. Without Atari, video games as we know it would not exist. Unfortunately, the company did not have as long a run as it deserved as a real functioning company. It started in 1972 and would last till about 1984, basically falling apart because of the massive video game crash of 1983, where too many games were being made that were of low quality that weren't being bought. And a lot of video game makers and video game hardware makers would go out of business because of it. During the prototype stage, the game would go through a couple of names. After the idea for Space Invaders was dropped, the game would be titled Aliens, then Vortex, which is a pretty good name, and then finally Tempest. The game would ship with three different cabinet designs. The most common is the arcade upright cabinet. That's the one with all the cool art on the side. The next is the cabaret cabinet, which is a shorter cabinet. Usually you would see this in bars or places where they needed to kind of insert a machine in a small area, not at your arcade. Finally, they released a cocktail-style table game, which allowed two players to play at opposite ends of the table, and the screen would automatically flip depending on who was playing. When the game shipped, there were actually glitches in the ROM chips that had unintended consequences when players would end a game with certain two-digit combinations on their score. Joystick Magazine would report on these combinations. But basically, what they allowed you to do is earn massive amounts of free credits if you ended your game on certain scores. When Atari realized what had happened, it fixed the problem at the factory and wouldn't ship games that had this issue. They also sent updated chips to be replaced at the arcades or wherever the game was being played. We'll return after these messages. Discover a world beyond your wildest dreams. Discover Atari. Pioneers in coin video games like Centipede. 
deepest. And the asteroids that challenge you, excite you, test you like never before. Discover the Atari that opened your eyes to the world's most popular home video games like Space Invaders, Missile Command, and Warlords. Discover the Atari that brought you a home computer truly designed for the home. Sophisticated for advanced needs, yet simple enough for your child to use. Compose music, play advanced games, manage your finances, all at the touch of a button. Discover Atari. Atari! And discover how far you can go. And now, back to the show. The objective of Tempest is to survive. What you have to do is you're at the top of this hole and there are various enemies coming up. Tankers, spikers, flippers, spikes, pulsars, fuse balls, fuse ball tankers, and pulsar tankers. Those are all the names of the enemies and they are moving up from the vanishing point at the bottom of this hole towards you. And you at the top have to move around and shoot downward. And you can shoot pretty fast, rapid fire, and you have to destroy every enemy on the segment around the vanishing point. So picture lines moving down toward each other. Every two lines creates a segment. And by controlling a paddle, you could go completely around the circle shooting downwards. You also had this other button, the super zapper, which when hit, and you had to be smart about this, would destroy all enemies on the field all at once. And you could use it a second time and destroy one random enemy. So you should do that once per level. And then on new levels, it recharges and you could use it again. The player loses when their ship rotating around the edge is destroyed. To stay alive, all they have to do is just keep destroying things. And you can earn new ships when you earn a certain amount of points and have up to six ships at once. Now, as I said, there's different layouts for the boards. And there are 16 playing fields. Some are closed tubes where you can rotate all around the edges, while others have open edges, so you have to kind of go left to right to move around. When you've played through all 16 play fields, they repeat again, but with a different color scheme and a higher difficulty. This includes invisible levels, where you can't actually see the lines that you're supposed to be shooting down on. I have seen other people get to those levels, but being very poor at this game, it's never been a problem for me. When you hit level 99, the levels stop incrementing. And at that point, board types are assigned randomly upon the completion of a level or after you die. Now you can try to take advice from me. I actually went online to read strategies, watch some YouTube videos of people who are much better at it. I think that maybe this is my problem. The hardest thing is that you have to be constantly moving. That is what I've noted from everybody is that they are constantly in motion. And if you are not good at being constantly in motion and navigating this semi-3D world, or at least circular world, it's just not going to work out for you. But if you'd like to get good at the game, there's a couple of good strategy guides online that will walk you through the different colored levels and the things you should do on those levels. There have been multiple ports of Tempest for various machines, including modern tablets. I'd like to point you toward two I think interesting examples of Tempest that you can play online or via emulation. They tried to make Tempest for the Atari 2600 and the Atari 5200. And you can play the prototype of the 2600 one, and they released a finished version of the 5200 one after it had been found in 1999. 
and that was eventually published by Atari Age in 2013, and you could buy a copy of it there. Just watch videos if you're not one to emulate games or you don't have the hardware. I think you'll see the Atari 2600 prototype was killed for a very good reason. It does not look like Tempest. You have a basic idea of this semicircle, but the graphics just don't work. That said, the Atari 5200 looks really good. Of course, it was also released on almost every other system. If you're an early computer user, you can get it on the Atari ST. It was also released on the ZX Spectrum and Amstrad CPC as well as the BBC Micro, and various Atari compilations that would be released for modern consoles would of course have Tempest on it. Although I do find it weird to play it with a joystick. And the game, while it sort of looks like the original, and things have gotten really interesting with modern technology and the way that they emulate old style, but Tempest used Atari's QuadraScan vector display technology. If you want to get an idea of what a vector display looks like, Picture an oscilloscope where images are composed of drawn lines rather than glowing pixels that gives things a very peculiar look that's not really captured by pixel displays. If you've never played Tempest, but you've played other classic arcade games, picture asteroids used vector graphics. Or if you're an old console user, you can look back toward the Vectrex video game system, which is a vector-based home system, which is just amazing. It would also be used famously on the Star Wars arcade game. We'll return after these messages. What do I think? I don't know. It's the use of even trying. You can't get a break. New Tempest 2000. What's that? Only on the Jaguar 64-bit by Atari. And now, back to the show. The game has had some clones and sequels. In fact, as soon as it was released, an arcade owner hacked the data in the game and altered it to be a more difficult version of Tempest. Later on, there would be two authorized sequels by Jeff Minter, Tempest 2000 for the Atari Jaguar, and Tempest 3000, which ironically was released in 2000. In July of 2018, Tempest 4000 would be released. Minter would also go on to make games inspired by Tempest, including Space Giraffe in 2007 and TXK in 2014. Tempest would show up in TV, movies, even music videos. The TV show Silver Spoons, which was a great 80s TV show that featured some really cool toys, featured a Tempest video game. It would also show up prominently in the movie Night of the Comet. If you're a Rush fan, you've probably seen the Subdivisions video. Tempest would figure into that. And there are many more things that cite Tempest online and things where it was used in the background because it really was an icon of the 1980s. When people think of the top 10 or 20 video games you were going to put into a classic arcade, it would be very strange to overlook Tempest. It was an interesting game with gameplay unlike other games of the time, and that made it stand out. And it made the people who are good at it kind of special. You hear someone's good at Miss Pac-Man or Frogger or Tempest. I would always look with respect at these Tempest people because that's just not something I was ever very good at because I always found Tempest challenging. And therefore, I find it mysterious and special. 
even now I go to a yearly arcade show and if there is a Tempest game there, I approach it with a certain caution and reverence, even though it's going to be free to play for me. And then I usually walk away quite embarrassed, only to see some other person come in after me and dominate the game. And I will sit there and watch them play. There's been so many great video games released over the years. And while being fun to play, many of them also have a great story behind them. So if you find a classic arcade and they have a Tempest, drop a few quarters in. You might not be good, but you can appreciate everything that went into this game. Yes, it's a piece of history, but it's a living piece of history that continues to inspire people. So make sure you enjoy and treasure it and the works that have been derived from it. Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, you can drop by the website at retroist.com. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at twitter.com slash retroist. And I'm back on Facebook at facebook.com slash retroists with an S. Music you hear on the show is by Peachy. Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great weekend. Gotta keep moving and shooting and pew pew space invaders. Begin technical overview. Let's begin the technical overview. 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 Sound is unamplified mono. So get that one channel amp out. This has been a retrospective production. Goodbye.